0: hello and welcome to the sacred remembering podcast the place for modern women who are waking up to the truth of who they are with me as your host sarah poet now if the word sacred is throwing you a little bit that's okay have you had that moment as a modern woman where you went wait i left something of myself back there along the way Well, if so, then you're already on a path of sacred remembering and you're actually in the right place. We know that modern women are rising, but we don't do it by fighting. We do it by remembering who we are and standing in that truth. And here in this space, we remember together through stories and tools and curiosity. And in doing so, we bring forward the place of women in our modern world. Now let's begin. hello dear ones welcome back this is sarah poet welcome to season two whether you are brand new to this podcast or you've been a devoted listener just welcome 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 so glad you're here thank you to each of you for walking your path of sacred remembering here alongside the women featured on this podcast so here's the thing that i want to get right down to I believe that every woman has a truth that she's not yet living. Maybe she's ignoring that truth that's arising in her. Maybe she doesn't even know what to do with the truth that is arising. Maybe she's afraid of how it will change her life. I know that I have been all of those women. And I want you to pause right now and ask yourself how this resonates with you. And then I want you to honestly ask yourself what it is costing you your family and the world, if you are withholding these divine inner truths from yourself and from us. I wanna tell you that the truth that is inside of you is truly the exact medicine that the world needs right now. If you don't know this yet, just let that sink in, okay? Truly, I'm not exaggerating at all. The answers are inside of a modern women. I believe this, I've seen it, I know it. So let's find a way to really let them be acknowledged, seen, shared, and exercised. This is what the sacred remembering movement is all about. I love to walk with you as you do this courageous thing of standing in your own truth. So I want to tell you about a couple of things. First of all, there's a corresponding Facebook group that goes with this podcast. It's called the Sacred Remembering Group, and you can go there and start a conversation. Also, join in on discussion questions about this episode and others. If you are new to this sacred remembering path or new to trusting your own inner voice, welcome. You are doing it. You can find more stories that will inspire you both on my blog and in season one of this podcast. If you are ready to unlock a silent truth within you, maybe that thing that you're not saying to your partner or to your boss, you can find a trauma informed e-course that will help you through that step by step. It's called From Silence to Truth, and it's at sarahpoet.com. If you are a modern woman who has been playing by the rules and those rules are no longer working and you know it, please see my TEDx. It's also at sarahpoet.com and you can consider one-on-one coaching if you are thinking of making that big change right now or at some point soon in the future. Okay, that is one way that I'm here for you. And then tune in, I'm really excited because this announcement is definitely for some of you that are listening and starting to feel those like truth bumps and chills and tingles right now. If you are ready for a full transformation into standing in the totality of the truth of the woman that you are, then my Women's Mastermind, it's called the Sacred Truth Mastermind, it's coming up in August. I'm running it a second time in 2020 because 2020 is just so damn potent, okay? And it's time. You need to go ahead and take action now to join that waiting list. It's at uh, sarahpoet.com. You can find the Mastermind tab. So remember, right now, women, I'm talking to you. I'm talking to you if you're listening. The world needs you, and your world needs you standing in the truth of who you are. You are it. The time is now. Please let's access those sacred truths that are inside of you. This world is changing, and we need you as an active participant at this time. So again, welcome from the bottom of my heart. Thank you for being here. And um, now I cannot wait to tell you about today's guest. Violeta Pleshakova is a paradigm shifter, spiritual mentor, leadership coach, and alchemical priestess at Temple of Starfire, the space where ancient wisdom meets modern magic. She is also co founder of the Firepower Group, a company dedicated to creating courageous, conscious leaders. Violeta holds a PhD in cultural studies and has been leading personal development programs on three continents with participants from over 30 countries for nearly a decade. Violetta's work is powered by the mission of helping rising leaders connect with their wisdom, come alive in their power, and walk boldly in their divine destiny. As a true citizen of the world, Violetta divides her time between Berlin, South Africa, Amsterdam, Moscow, and Southern France. Now for our interview. Hello, Violetta. Welcome to the Sacred Remembering Podcast.
1: Hi, thank you for inviting me.
0: Yes, I'm so thrilled to be meeting you. We traveled in an online women's temple together, and so I was loving the things that you were saying, and I said, hey, do you want to be on the podcast? So thank you for saying yes. Yes. <laughs>
1: Well, I'm so glad we can have this conversation and share it with many more beautiful souls who might resonate with this subject.
0: Yes, absolutely. So please begin by telling us um, about yourself. You run two businesses, correct? Yes.
1: And uh, so I'm Violetta and at the core of me are two words, magic and leadership and both are reflected in my two businesses one is called temple of starfire this is mostly about magic this is where i work as an intuitive and spiritual mentor and a priestess and the second business is called the firepower group i started it together with a wonderful business partner and we do leadership development and actually anything that helps people step into their personal mastery and live 100 percent lives
0: I love that. I'm really, really excited to talk to you today about the bridging of this magic and leadership, because I think so often women are choosing one or the other in a path of sacred remembering. And I really honor how you are bridging those and just really owning that outright. So I'm excited. Mm, thank you. <laughs> yeah. yeah, me too. Me too. You, I see that
1: all the time that um, women and men as well between for example the corporate world and the spiritual world but I think it's actually the essence of the new paradigm is being eclectic and bridging the worlds the mundane and the magical the masculine and the feminine the above and the below I find this is
0: modern alchemy in action Yes. Beautiful. So I would love to go back and talk about your path to this place because that realization that you just planted so powerfully in this space is something that, you know, it takes time to realize. And I would love to talk about your path um, of sacred remembering and, and who you were as a child and, you know, what made you different as a child and was there a period of you tucking your truth away? And then did you have to reclaim your truth? Tell us a little bit about your life.
1: Thank you, Sarah, for this great question. I'm reflecting about this a lot, especially in the context of remembering and reclaiming. I was born, as I say, with the veils between the worlds open. I was a psychic child. I could remember past lives and of course as a child I would just tell my family about it and they would be like what are you talking about so as a child (laughs) I was very open I completely dwelt in my own world with imaginary friends and ghosts and whatnot and there was magic in it there was wildness and freedom and then as I was at school of course I had to socialize so my struggle and my journey has always been about not betraying myself while also staying connected with the world. And it has been a dance, a wild dance, MSC. There were times where I would go overboard with being my full-on weirdo spiritual self. And I can honestly say there have been moments where I feel like I have overdone it. I should not have been maybe, you know, so ah, so stuck on having to go full out all the time. But then there have also been times of, tuning it down. And so my story is all about how do I not tune it down? How do I stay loyal to myself while staying receptive to the world? And finding that balance has been, I think, my biggest life lesson.
0: And so this was happening all along. So as a young person, you knew that you were different or um, different from those around you. And then there was, uh, it felt like you had to sort of fight for who you were. Like, what are the earliest memories of that? I mean, did you have an adolescence where you were, you know, flying that spiritual flag, like being different? What What was that like? Or what was the timeline like? Well, okay, so yes, as
1: a child, I was very sensitive and intuitively open. And I'm very grateful to my family for not closing me down. Everyone would tell my mom, it's like, oh, you need to put the child on medication or um, manage her somehow. But she was mm-hmm. like, yeah, she's different. So yeah, I was I was told to, to turn it down a little bit, but I was not prohibited from being my full self. Mm-hmm. So I yeah, always mom. had a sense of that safe haven at home you know what i used to do i would come back from school take off my day clothes and put on my imaginary clothes so i would like make something out of my mom's wedding dress to resemble 19th century clothing i would make another outfit that would be from the middle ages that's what i would wear around the house and my parents let me do that i would play games i would write handwritten novels i would paint um watercolors that would almost like, you know, elaborately recreate parallel lifetimes that I think I remember having had. Mm -hmm. And having the possibility to have that space of my own in my own room to do something that an outsider could have deemed absolutely crazy and far out, I think that was very healing. Mm -hmm. And it It saved me i would I would say because at school I could not show that fully, and the funny thing is, I always had friends, I had friends from the popular group at school and I was invited to all the parties I would show up at the party with a book so there I was uh, everyone was let's say 15 years old trying alcohol uh, dating and all those things and I would be there sitting in the corner reading a Dostoyevsky novel so that is just a <laughs> snapshot of my life and then I would go back home and work on my handwritten novel about 19th century so it's mm. like I think I kind of coexisted in two worlds and what that taught me is it taught me to never be lonely. I learned how to find satisfaction in my own company and stay close with myself and listen to my soul and build relationships with those who did understand me and build them deeper. So I never felt lonely in my life and I'm grateful for those Times in my adolescence and then later on, even at the university, where I did not have people who'd share my interests like I do now, it taught me not to be lonely.
0: Beautiful. That's so beautiful to hear. I'm so glad because I do think that many do have an isolating path. And I heard you say that others would suggest to your parents that you should be medicated. Um, So I believe that that's probably happening on a really large scale that people with gifts are just outside of the norm and then therefore repressed their gifts are repressed. So I know a lot of women. Yeah. 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 Like have had those hints of the gifts that they might possess or just interests that Mm -hmm. they have. And um, you know, when it doesn't fit into the world that they're looking at outside of themselves, they repress it to kind of fit in And so I love your mention of that interior world um, and that Mm -hmm. you could imagine and create from that interior space. So it sounds so dreamy. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, it was, it was, I am quite a dreamy person being an INFJ uh, someone who can spend hours just being lost in a novel and then feeling like I am in that world. But I do have the one word of advice for anyone listening who struggles with not having people to talk to about your past or feeling isolated. Mm. And that is mm. look at the, the word of up is validation really deconstruct what is it in you that is even needing that sense of sharing or that sense of validation from someone else Mm -hmm. because i think on this path of remembering each woman that i've ever talked to about this who has been on this sacred remembering journey she is one thing that any experience like dark night of the soul and i guess you can relate from your own experience Mm -hmm. there are moments that you need to face alone And the Mm -hmm. sooner we learn to be satisfied in our own company, the sooner we open the door to call in our soul-level friends. That, I think, is the counterintuitive twist. We Mm -hmm. sometimes seek that validation, that company, that belonging so much that we forgo the joy of our own self-validation. But once we learn that, once we accept especially now we are recording this during times of lockdown. So Mm -hmm. maybe people are listening now being alone in their house and not having access to friendship. Mm -hmm. So this is our chance to become our own best friend because there are moments in life where we're going to need this. And when we have that, I call that self-communion, when we have those muscles flexed and well-developed, we become less needy. And then we also become more magnetic because we are not, attracting relationships from codependency or from needing to be validated or in any way completed by someone else Mm. we are entering those relationships from a place of being whole and integrated and in that self-communion we have deeper respect for ourselves and deep respect for others so that would be my advice find a way to commune with yourself without necessarily needing to share and if it doesn't feel like you have anyone to share those interests with Just see how you can find that joy in sharing it with yourself.
0: Mm, I love that idea of communing with self. I love the way you've said that. It sounds like such an invitation where when you feel that isolation or that aloneness, well, it's an invitation to go into your own sacred remembering and your own soul touching that essence because that's what we all crave at the core anyway. That's what we're looking. Yeah. For. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly, and then we can share it with others. So that's not to exclude the value of relationships and sharing, but that is to say that I, th- I think we need both. And very often, especially as teenagers, when we are in the process of socializing and developing socially, which is an integral part of our upbringing, sometimes we forego that step of building strong self-communion that later on is very helpful when we enter adult relationships.
0: Yes. Oh, I love that you're saying that. So we are recording this during COVID. It's not going to come out um, for you know another eight weeks or so. So we'll see where we are by then. But one of the experiences that I've had during this time where you know like I live rurally on a farm at this point and Um, by a river. And I really believe I came here for my soul's sacred remembering. And there was this point in time. So in high school, I was very social. um, You know, I I definitely had my own inner experience and I was like friends with everyone, that kind of of girl, Um, like I could fit into any social group. But there was a period of time where I was single on purpose as this, you know, old soul, as a teenager. Um, I spent this time Mm. cultivating who I was at 16, 17, 18. And then, you know, things kind of changed after that. And I talk about that in other episodes. But right now, there is this full loop kind of back to that time where I had imprinted, like, I knew who I was, right? And then, you know, you go to university, you go get into the career, and then, like, I lost myself for a while um, in the striving for perfectionism, for, like, being enough um, after after Mm -hmm. big loss. But right now, during this quarantine time there are these um essences of of remembering that time that I had truly gone inward as the 16 17 year old and I had quested it I listened to um you know like women in music. It was, it was a really big time for female singer songwriters. Mm -hmm. And, um, I read a bunch of women's literature at that time. Like my soul was really, really, um, tuning into that feminine essence of who I was that I would lose and then come back to. But, yeah, just what you just said just now about the like taking that period of time. I'm I'm saying for listeners like I think we have we have those times where we can um attune back to in our lives and say like oh yeah at that time I was really close. Um I was like closest to my mm. essence. I can refer to that. So I'll just share that.
1: <laughs> mm. Yeah
0: oh that's that's beautiful,
1: and what you shared reminds me also of my my time growing up I grew up in in Russia in Moscow, and we had a countryside house, and every weekend I would just roam in the woods. That, to me, is soul essence. Just yes. let me roam in the woods. Uh, that, for me, is medicine. I miss it right now because I yes. can't leave the house. Oh. <laughs> uh, but, but it's that sense of, uh, to me, it's also connected with being wild and free. Mm-hmm. And that is magic. This, for me, is where magic comes in when we are in that direct communion with life. That to me is magic. Communion with life without needing an intermediary. Uh, communion with spirit, with soul, with the universe. And in that, there is purity. And in that purity, we find ourselves again. Mm,
0: direct communion with life. Yes, yeah, so beautiful. Thank you. So, yeah, where do you want to take it from here? I was going to ask you about your university days because you do have a PhD. I mean, you went the academic route as well. And then let's just if you can speak to that and then your early career um, and then I'd love to hear how you have <laughs> trans- transformed mm. all of that, you know, oh, yeah. Now. yeah, that's a very interesting
1: story because to me, this is actually the story of me of where I went against myself and how I lost a part of myself growing up. I was always interested in several things Psychology, even psychiatry. I once bought myself a book about psychophrenia because I was interested in that, um, that, and, and creative writing, and language and philosophy. So I wanted to study philosophy. And when I told my family, like, hey, I want to study philosophy, they said, oh, come on, you are already crazy. If you study philosophy, you're going to completely go nuts. So, and see, I skipped a year at school. And in Russia, we finished school a bit earlier. So I was 16 when I finished school. And I was not mature at all to make my own choices. And so I kind of let my family choose for me. And instead of choosing psychology or philosophy or creative writing, I studied political science. I studied management and politics. I had I had a wild dream of working for the United Nations. But that's a story for another time, how I got accepted mm. to, to do an internship at the UN. But then I ditched them. I ditched the UN. Can you imagine? It's... Uh, <laughs> Yeah. It's one of my big regrets. So anyway, oh, and, wow. and this this I, I feel like in a way like I, I, I no longer blame myself for not going for what I wanted because I realized that I did not have the strength and the self-reliance to to follow through. But now going back, I see that I made full circle. Yes, I wrote a thesis in uh, in Germany then when I went to Germany to do my master's and then stayed on for the PhD. I I studied cultural studies then and project management, but now it all came back now in the leadership development work that I'm doing. So in a way it's like there are red threads woven into the fabric of our life. And Mm -hmm. at some point it feels like it doesn't make sense. It might feel like we are so removed so far away from who we are, but then you might find yourself collecting those threads back and weaving them into a completely new tapestry. That's what I see looking back It's like now all the management stuff, it now serves me when I do conscious leadership work. So in a way, did I lose myself? Maybe yes, maybe no. Do I have regrets? Yeah, I do have regrets. But then I trust that there is this always this inkling of soul essence ushering us forward. We cannot not find ourselves again sooner or later. It might come with pain. It might come with darkness night of the soul. Uh, we might wait a long time before we do it, but it's bound to happen because that seed of essence, it has this evolutionary programming within it. It wants to come out. So I think I trust that, that movement, trust that with each step, you're coming closer and closer and closer. And as long as you stay in that connection with guidance, okay, what is the next right action? You can course correct, no matter how far away you have wandered off the original
0: track. Beautifully said. So beautifully said. And knowing that we're looking for we're looking for ourselves. And then when we get distracted or get you know, convinced by the world that the answer is outside of ourselves and we do things like go to universities and, um, you know, go down a career path and then we think, wait, how did I get so lost? There was still something in that choice. Every step of the way, every choice you made, there was something of your soul essence in there that you can then bring back. I totally relate to that. Yeah, I absolutely relate to that.
1: And, you know, on that note, I'm thinking a lot how we humans learn through contrast. There is a reason why there is day and night. There is the reason why there is shadow. There is a reason why there is even evil. Because without that, how can we know the light? How can we then know the joy of coming back to ourselves? It's such a Mm -hmm. paradox. But then come think of it. um, If I look at all the people who inspire me and people who, who I admire, They did not have an easy path. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't know any prominent historical figure or leader who I think is amazing, who had just a nice life where they never had a challenge, where they never lost themselves. So I'm even thinking from the bigger perspective of our soul, Looking backwards, the soul notices all those contrasts. And sometimes I think it is through losing ourselves that we can harvest the joy of coming back. And it's through going very far away into the unknown domain that we can find the urge to come back.
0: Right. Beautifully. And then if we get really far off the path, the the bridge back might be might be larger, right? Like the dark night mm-hmm. that needs yeah. to be first might be <laughs> harder or worse you know um in mm-hmm. order to get back on track but that's all the soul alchemy the soul wanting to collect the pieces of itself beautiful yeah. beautiful so yeah uh, yeah ask, oh go ahead if there's anything else, no no ask. no <laughs> no i
1: was just gonna say "Soul alchemy is such a beautiful word loved how you said that
0: mm-hmm so I would love to hear you talk about the priestess archetype and the role of the priestess archetype in your life and in your work, um, you know, <laughs> oh. spoken about that here on the podcast. And, um, you know, we have listeners who definitely understand what that means. And then we have listeners who are like, what, what does priestess archetype mean? And how would you even know if you are one? Um, and then, on that path of remembering again what what it requires to call yourself a priestess and you know I would definitely at this point in time, I know that I'm a priestess I still don't like have it on my business card or anything like that, <laughs> and so you know that process of remembering or awakening to the archetype and anything you want to say about that um, i I welcome that thank you. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for this question. It's one of my favorite
1: subjects to talk about. So let me keep it um, clear and succinct because I could go on for hours <laughs> about that. It's such a subject. Okay. Well, so how I would define it, a priestess as an archetype, it's like an energetical vortex. Mm. And that is what every Each and every archetype is an energetical vortex. It's a frequency. So imagine as if you would be tuning into a radio station and somebody might tune into a wavelength of being a witch. This is a frequency and a flavor that does something to you. Someone else would tune into the frequency of alchemist. Someone else would tune into the wavelength and the frequency of priestess. And those are the forces that live in our memory, both on the genetic level in our dna on the soul level in our ethereal dna the non-physical spiritual dna and they also live in the collective memory grid so it's almost like the particles of that frequency are flying around in the air and when we breathe it in For some of us, those particles merge with whatever seeds are already planted in our physical, emotional, mental, spiritual body. So it's like a resonance, a click. And then it's almost like you are stepping into that vortex and it starts moving you. It starts evoking from your subconscious, from your memory, from somewhere deep within, it starts evoking certain ways of being. And to me, a priestess is a state of being. So it's not a collection of qualities. It's not something that you do. So let's say someone can have an altar uh, decorated beautifully with crystals and do morning prayers there and commune with spirit, but not relate to the priestess archetype at all. And someone can live their whole life uh, going about their business peacefully, but embody the priestess archetype to the bone because it's something it's almost impossible to grasp, but but you recognize it when you feel it. It moves you because it connects the dots on the level of your subconscious and on the level of your soul in a very specific way. Some people call that a template. It's almost like there are some secret pathways in the energy in your field that get activated and start radiating, producing particular frequency that emanates all around you, and then it activates people and gets them to respond to you in a certain
0: way. Wonderful. So thank you. The, this is so rich. The, the key, let's say the codes or um, the information is already in you, and then different parts get activated on the journey. So one who thinks that they might have you know, certain templates for certain archetypes could explore activations in those archetypes. Is that accurate? Yeah, I would say so. And
1: what I find in my experience is it's almost like the archetype starts living you. Then it draws into your space automatically because there is already a soul level agreement. It will bring the right books. It will bring the right people. It will lead you on a journey because it's, If it is an aspect of your soul, then there is already that evolutionary impulse for that aspect, for that template or code, whatever we want to call that, to get actualized, to get fully embodied. Because ultimately, why are we even talking about it? You see, I notice nowadays in in the world of New Age spirituality, there is so much of Performance going on where there are priestess trainings that are all about symbolism or specific lineages or specific ways of showing up. And to me, that all it almost feels like it's missing the point because the point is to allow those aspects of who we really are to come to the surface and to be expressed in who we are being, not in how we perform, not in how we necessarily
0: act and show up. You see what I mean? Does it make sense? It, it's very important what you're saying, very important, and I think it's a symptom of so many feeling very lost that they would go into someone else's template for what priestess means or, you know, the, like you're saying, the symbolism, rather than following that path of their own soul, which is a very, very different path. I'm so glad that you're bringing this Mm. up. I'm not sure that I'm even echoing it fully, but yes, like to just, to, to go through like different spiritual acts or different spiritual groups or lineages, like, like a, like a sheep, (laughs) if I could say that, you know, Mm -hmm. like, like a passive, you know, like fill me up with someone else's knowledge. That's very different than being activated and saying yes to the next practice that calls to you. It's like an active engagement with um, these soul activations and this soul remembering, which is a it's a it's a more powerful energy when I tune into it. It's um, it's more aligned with the soul essence, with the truth of who you are. And it's real. Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's real. Yeah,
1: I, I, I hear you. Yes, it's um, to me, that, that's why I say it's like the archetype starts leaving you. It's not something that you receive from the outside. It's not something that you get trained in. It's not a sequence of boxes that you tick off. But it's rather something that you awaken to from within. It is something that starts emanating from you, and then like minded people mirror it back to you, or people start responding to you in a certain way without you even doing something. Like you see, somebody who is an embodiment of the priestess archetype, she can walk into a room, and people will be drawn to her to have certain conversations just because they recognize that on the level of frequency. Hmm. I'm quite fascinated concept of frequency it's almost uh, it's so intangible but yet so real so clear it's like a vibe that a person gives off and it can't be postured it can't be performed mm-hmm. it can't be faked and what i think is really important on this path is to allow it to allow mm-hmm. it from within and to have more trust in the little nudges that resurface from within and to allow it and to slow down and to not need an external confirmation. Back to my earlier point about validation. Mm -hmm. And I think the new paradigm here, there is a lot of talk nowadays about the new paradigm. I think it all boils down to Mm self-initiation. Are we going to be courageous enough to re-initiate ourselves? Are we going to be also courageous enough to be on eye level relationship with fellow travelers on the spiritual journey. Mm-hmm. I think I think we are quite ready in the world for redefining how we approach spiritual belonging and spiritual community and interfacing with teachers. I think the age of the gurus is so over. Everyone is feeling that with, with the fall of some of the well-known um, teachers and so on. And there is more of, of a movement towards sovereignty and a respect and I'm sitting with a question. I don't have a definite answer uh, about lineage and belonging. I'm just thinking, you know, in ancient times, mystery school traditions, uh, the oral tradition, how initiations would be passed down from high priestesses to the priestesses and down, down, down the line, and they got kept and preserved, and then we lost them. Like, how do we make sure that we are being discerning in our practices? How do we make sure that we are being integrity when it comes to spiritual practice versus just blindly following and taking on someone's steps and letting someone else train and initiate us. That is really the question that I'm sitting with.
0: Mm, It's very important that discernment, it's very important. And um, I'm really glad that you went in the direction of courage and, and following the personal path. And that's where I was just going to go with this because you know, what we're talking about on this path of soul remembrance and really claiming the truth of who you are, there is nothing else. (laughs) There's no other option Mm -hmm. other than to be courageous and claim your own soul. You're not going to get it anywhere outside of yourself. And yes, there are so many helpers. I mean, I, you and I met inside of a temple where I think it's a good example of what you were just saying, where we're willing to learn from and with a woman who is clearly downloading some some amazing information. And then from the participation in that temple space, more of our own knowing gets activated. And also we need to simultaneously discern is this for us is this not for us you know different components is this for us is this not for us we don't blindly follow but we participate and we discern but it's ultimately about the courage to walk our own path and then like choosing the participation choosing the teachers and choosing the allyship right because even in that group the, yeah the temple space holder was not claiming perfection, but she had really clean energy. And then there's really powerful women in this group all learning alongside one another saying, yes, this is the part that's unfolding right now. This is what I'm letting go of right now. This is what I'm alchemizing right now. And we're all witnessing one another doing that work rather than, um, yeah, like that guru path that you're talking about where like we have to Mm -hmm. reach somewhere before we're worthy of a teacher or an example or a space holder and things like that and i i see that as old paradigm and and what you're speaking to is a new paradigm i think yes here we're doing it yeah yeah
1: yeah yeah and i think this this new paradigm is a lot about respect respecting each mm -hmm. other's journey and respecting each other's right to our own way and I think this is also shifting the way we get trained as priestesses or even as coaches and healers in various modalities I think in the old paradigm it was about okay, let me give somebody uh, the worksheet this is how you do the process, you follow seven steps and Mm -hmm. if you don't do it right then you're a bad coach I'm just saying that because I used to train coaches part of my journey was um, I was a lead trainer at an international coach training school so I trained dozens of coaches up to the exam on the international coach generation Level, so I know the industry from let's say not from the online side but from the offline side. Um, and what I what I notice is it's so important to get um, to get trained in the principles, principles like devotion, principles like discernment, principles like self trust, because it's on the level of the principle that we really get activated. And that to me is yes. um, the whole point of magic and leadership converging in the priestess archetype. It is someone who. On the one hand side, has humility to learn and to be a student, but on the other hand side, has enough self trust to also be a teacher at the same time. And that is this double journey student and teacher and merging it. And that is leadership. Leadership is not perfection, leadership is self responsibility and self trust and being in that ongoing feedback environment that we no longer as leaders put ourselves in any way above others because conscious leadership is all about are you familiar with the concept of servant leadership
0: Mm. oh beautiful where you're serving those that you lead
1: yeah yeah it's like you are not at the forefront you are actually see um with my business partner yvonne johnston at the firepower group we have developed what we call leadership perspective we came up with a drawing and in that drawing the leader is standing at the bottom and holding up a plate and on top of that are the people. Hmm. And all of that is unfolding under the dome of vision. And that to me is also the same role that a priestess would be holding in a modern day world where you are elevating others, but you are not the one who comes first. You are not the one who sits on top. That hierarchical way of thinking is long gone. It's all about non linear It's all about being that pillar that is courageous conscious leader that is a priestess or a priest in that archetype you are a pillar of strength and you are lifting others up and you are using whatever knowledge comes to you from the spiritual realm whatever guidance and devotion you cultivate you are using that to support other people, to be closer to their vision and their purpose. Mm. So you are just a vessel and a vehicle of propelling humanity forward. That's how I define mm. it.
0: Mm. I love that. That's beautiful, beautiful. That's what I experience, especially in my mastermind uh, women's groups, you know, I, because I used to be a teacher and a school principal. I don't know if you knew that about me. <laughs> um, oh, you know, so I could <laughs> oh no, I in. didn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So leadership is really dear to me and feminine leadership and conscious leadership, but, um, you know, I can really make a lesson plan. Right. And it's funny when we're putting these programs out, there's entrepreneurs, you know, we're outlining, okay, this is month one, two, three, four, five, six. And then inside of it, it's like, well, there's going to be alchemy, <laughs> So I actually can't tell you what's going to happen Mm -hmm. in week 12 Mm -hmm. because we're going to be in soul alchemy together and in group alchemy. And I'm going to be listening to all of the information from spirit, from the collective, from each person's soul, and then we're going to be forming this together. So I love that you just really spelled that out so beautifully. Thank you so much. And before we were recording, you were talking about how um, the two concepts of energy and freedom are really up for you right now. And I just wanted to invite you to speak to what you're thinking about with energy and freedom.
1: Mm, Thank you for asking. Yeah, I was just sitting here. I'm locked down in Johannesburg in South Africa. And here we're not allowed to leave the house at all. So... Mm. uh, Uh, That is really um, getting me to think about what are the the skills that we need as new paradigm humans? What are the priests of the future? And what came to me is energy alchemy because we don't know how the world is going to come out of all this. We don't know if there will be uh, more episodes of the pandemic and so on or not. I don't want to even go there now with any – future tripping but the truth is when we are not the masters of our environment like right now we are always masters of our energy and that is freedom ability to choose how we respond that is freedom ability Mm -hmm. to transmute our states for example transmuting pain into purpose is energy alchemy it's shape-shifting where you take a substance that has certain frequency for example pain or irritation And then you use your free will and you use a priestess power of communing with subtle realms and being close to life, being close to nature, and you are changing the frequency in the quantum field. Let's say you would be transmuting irritation into surrender. And I think this is what we need to learn as human beings right now, that that is to me the practice of the alchemical principle, as within, so without. Now, the lockdown is making it so evident and so clear that we cannot rely on external circumstances to make us happy.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, I can sit here until I'm blue in the face, hoping they will open shop delivery so I can get boots because I'm sitting here with summer clothes. I can get irritated about it or I can choose to sh- to change my reaction, my response to that. It's in the nature of a human being to react and to feel all the feels and to get emotional. But freedom comes from being able to direct without suppressing, without running away, being able to shape shift and direct that emotional energy, that that alchemical force within us towards something that sets us free, mm-hmm. towards purpose. So that is what's on my mind these days. And really practicing that has been life-changing because I realized that um, that there is so much freedom available unconditionally if I choose to use my free will, my discernment, and if I choose to go there, not waiting for it to be able, but taking charge and learning to alchemize my inner states.
0: Mm, beautiful, beautiful. And I think there's something about that that is also the ticket to creating new paradigm at this time you know while everything is on pause even the economic system is not thriving as as it was I don't know that it was thriving anyway but it's not moving like it was and so in this pause there's also the freedom to imagine new paradigm and Mm -hmm. um I wonder if if you're thinking about that at all if you'd like to speak to that
1: I'm thinking about that a lot actually <laughs> yeah. I'm thinking and, and and the question that I'm living with I love taking a question and just living with it is who do I choose to be right now and how do I choose to emerge on the other side yeah it's almost like creating a vision of what do I want to transmute in myself through this and I think if all of us engage in that self-reflection and we use this slow down, down time to look at all the shadow parts, to look at our darkness, to look at all the things that we normally can so easily run away and hide from because we're just so busy. But now I think this is the time for alchemy. This is the time to look at In what ways have I been letting myself down? In what ways have I been letting humanity down? In what ways am I still holding on, maybe subconsciously, um, to the old paradigm? And using it almost like a boot camp preparation. Mm -hmm. Because we get triggered now on a daily basis. Some are triggered with loneliness. Some are triggered with conflict if they are locked down with someone else and they are having fights with them. It's almost like a boot camp for humankind, I feel, right now Mm -hmm. to evoke Mm -hmm. from within that force um you know like to be really blunt if i may Mm -hmm. i think now is an opportunity to just get over it uh Mm -hmm. because it's almost like evolve or die if Mm -hmm. we want to make it and to make it not just in survival mode uh, but thriving which i feel this is like time to get real with ourselves and that again to me magic and leadership coming back where. We can use our spiritual discernment and our tools of energy work and whatever it is that our spiritual practice contains, and get real with it. So as within, so without. Okay, now people, let's practice this like for real. Can we really um, be uh, discerning now? Can we really be trusting now? This is the breaking point. This right. is the time to walk the talk. That right. so that's what I'm presenting.
0: Oh, thank you so much. Yes, like it is time to choose our alignment with our soul's path, with our soul's truth, once and for all. I mean, I really, really feel that. Like, if ever there was an invitation in the course of this lifespan, um, this is it. This is really it. And um, totally, no more totally. It's a- yeah, totally. Everything mm-hmm. you said, yeah. I was like, yep, I'm yeah. doing that too. Yep. <laughs> That's where I'm at. And yeah, just no fucking around anymore. None. Yeah, so. no fucking around whatsoever. No time for that. Not no time to waste. <laughs> beautiful, beautiful. Well, um, as we come to a closer, I want to just ask you if there's anything on your heart that I haven't asked that you really want to share. And then I want to ask you uh, to share any current offerings or how people can get in touch with you as well. Um, as we as we conclude here, mm. I think we touched on
1: so many things, and if if I were to summarize it all, I would I would say is now is the time to make a powerful choice from our free will, from the I am presence, from the highest point of truth. Now is the choice to be loyal to our soul essence to be loyal and devoted because through that devotion we activate the dormant alchemical forces within be that priestess Mm -hmm. in power or something else but that choice it's almost like an that is self-initiation and you do not need anyone to do that for you you can choose it right now you can claim it right now that choice to because i think What I want to leave the listeners with is knowing that on the path of sacred remembrance, as you are remembering your soul, your soul is already waiting for you. There is always this helping hand from the other side. When you show up for your soul, your soul shows up for you.
0: So beautiful. Thank you so much for that conclusion. Um, So you work with people in a private container, as well as your leadership coaching, you do priestess work um, in your, in your private practice. Would you like to talk about that at all? So people know where to find you?
1: Yes. So that is available on my website, com, And I do one-on-one sessions. I work a lot with the Akashic records and I that all clients that I work with come to me from soul resonance. It feels like I have something to deliver from their soul. So I'm not telling them who to be or how to show up. I'm helping them reactivate and remember. It's like a confirmation and a space holding for them to deepen into their essence. And so I do one-on-one sessions. And I also ran a group program called Unlock Your Essence where I put together all my favorite energy alchemy tools and tools for self-trust and intuition, living from guidance. So it's the sum total of um, my experience. And I ran it in a small group format and I find it can be so beautiful to be in a group and to just get mirrored by others and to receive a confirmation that you're not alone and to learn from others and to learn how we are all same, but also so different. So those are the offerings available on temple of starfire
0: Mm, beautiful thank you so much thank you for being here and for sharing your wisdom and your essence in this space i really really appreciate it. it was such a pleasure to get to know you and to hear you today
1: thank you so much i loved this conversation and i trust that the ones who need to hear this will find it and may it serve you yes yes okay thank
0: you so much thank you This is Sarah Poet of Embodied Breath, and thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I'm curious, what was your biggest takeaway? Remember that you are not alone on the sacred path, and women are rising now together. You can visit my website, sarahpoet.com, for more tools and inspiration to support your sacred remembering path. Please be sure to check the show notes, subscribe to this podcast, share with a friend, and leave us a review wherever you listen to podcasts. I love to hear from you. Stay connected. And here's to your path of sacred remembering.